How's it going, guys? What is going on? I am Derek. You are the baggers. This is the Money in the Bag podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I am recording this on a lovely Friday here in Malden, Massachusetts. Um, I apologize. I am the most non-committal. I'm like the worst. If this was a relationship, I'd be like the worst spouse ever. Uh, just filled with empty promises and, you know, I make claims that even I don't believe, and that's <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, you know, I like to I like to have these uploaded on a Wednesday, but shit, man. Uh, you know, things just kind of get to you. But hope everybody's doing great. And I want to go over Raw. I want to go over SmackDown, and I do want to touch upon uh, way back when to last Sunday to Extreme Rules because. Uh, I definitely have some gripes and some comments and some opinions on that. So that'll be our that'll be our order of operations. You guys remember doing PEMDAS in school, or please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Uh, well, this is Extreme Rules is going to be the P. Raw will be the M, and then SmackDown will be the DOS, and together we'll have fucking PEMDAS. Uh, as always, follow me on Twitter at money underscore podcast. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, email me at put the money in the bag podcast at gmail.com. As always, you can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Please tell a friend. We need more baggers. Hashtag baggers. Um, yeah, we need more listeners. And I put this on you guys. You know, I, I, I record it, and at that point, it is just out in the universe, and really, it's on you. It's not on me. So I don't want to hear the blame if people aren't listening. It's really on you. Because I got the jokes. I have the insight. I have the analysis. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm like a fucking renaissance man, so let's get some listeners, huh? What do you say? All right, Extreme Rules. So, what did you guys think of the show? Because I thought a few things. Uh, The glaring thing, and I've heard everyone talk about it, is if you're going to continue with these gimmick pay-per-views, Hell in a Cell, Survivor Series, it'd be like having Survivor Series and only having one Survivor Series match or not at all. Or not even a traditional Survivor Series match. Like, if you're going to do a gimmick pay-per-view like Extreme Rules... Why aren't you going to use it? More than half the card didn't have a quote-unquote extreme rules stipulation or even like a gimmick to the match. They were straight-up matches. I don't want to see headlocks and extreme rules. I don't want to see technical showcases. Hell, I don't even want to see an Iron Man match because nothing says not extreme like an Iron Man match. I want to see tables. I want to see fucking ladders. You have both Hardy Boys in separate matches. Neither neither were extreme and they lost in both of them let that sink in it it writes itself i mean you're gonna have jeff hardy's most extreme moment was getting punched in the balls and matt hardy lost to fucking bo dallas and curtis axel so shame on you wwe and then the extreme rules match you did have the nia Jax and alexa bliss match was an overbooked convoluted mess they were like oh, we have one Extreme Rules match, we better throw in everything here. And since when is a shark cage extreme? Okay? Fuck James Ellsworth. I said it. Fuck Asuka. And fuck Carmella. Because that's what WWE saying. Fuck them. So, fuck them. I thought an under, unbelievably underwhelming pay-per-view, and it's a shame. It's a shame Kevin Owens had to take such a ridiculous um, bump for, that's pretty much going to go unremembered. No one's going to be talking about that. Um, it's a shame that AJ and Rusev didn't get more shine, but that was partially due to the fact that it just didn't feel like a big deal. I never felt like AJ was a threat. Definitely felt like just a holdover match, and it was. They definitely didn't go all out. I thought it was a good match. It was probably the best match of the night outside of the Iron Man match, which was great. Um, 
even though the crowd shit all over, but I'll talk about that in a second too. So yeah, overall, just disappointing. It started off wacky with the B team winning, and I get it. At this point, Bray Wyatt, <laughs> I think I tweeted out, they're the least marketable tag team ever. Matt Hardy can't be fully broken. Like, he's watered down, and he also can't walk or, or wrestle anymore. It's really sad. And Bray Wyatt <laughs> leaves his wife and crashes his car. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And neither one of them are credible. They just keep losing and losing and losing. So, such a squandered opportunity. Uh, it's amazing that WWE makes any stars at all or has success because... I mean, it writes itself, and they still screw it up. You could have done so much with them, and now it's just over. Um, oh, the most non-extreme moment of the fucking night. Demon Kane in a walking boot. He spawns from hell. He comes up from hell, and he, what, he has health insurance? He goes to a fucking clinic and gets a walking boot? Again, I tweeted this. Check my Twitter, at money underscore podcast. I spit the fucking facts. Do you guys remember when Seth Rollins was facing Kane for some reason for the title? And corporate Kane broke his fucking leg and then Demon Kane was goddamn fine. So it's hard to suspend disbelief when you guys pull some bullshit like that. I hate that. I hate it. Fucking Christ. Nothing says demonic monster like a mask with fake hair attached to it. Breaking kayfabe by running for a, a fucking government position and then having a walking boot. Are you shitting me? And then nothing makes the Bludgeon Brothers look fucking stupider, more stupid, dumber, less intelligent, whatever, however you want to describe it, than not being able to take out a five foot eight guy that looks like a fucking goat. They're the Bludgeon Brothers. They they wield hammers. They couldn't take out some guy that looks like he works at Best Buy? Are you shitting me? I know he's Daniel Bryan, but what the fuck? Who is this supposed to benefit? The coolest, easily for me, the best moment of the night was Shinsuke Nakamura punching Jeff Hardy in the dick at winning the title and Randy Orton coming back. I didn't even know Randy Orton was gone, and now he's back. And I have a podcast about wrestling, so what does that say? I mean, Jesus Christ. And on paper, I was excited for Shinsuke and, and, and Jeff because I thought they had a SmackDown match that was eh, like a month or two back. I thought, all right, this might be good. And then they just made it six seconds. But I don't know. And then and then the crowd just shitting all over the main event was bullshit. And that was, that was even overbooked and made no sense. Like, Drew was banned from ringside but was still able to come back. Like, what the fuck, guys? What the absolute fuck was that? Could you imagine you paid to go there and you're sitting through fucking four hours, five five hours of a show? And then you put Sanity versus The New Day on the pre-show. And it was a tables match. Are you kidding me? It made no sense, guys. It made no fucking sense. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Demon Kane in a boot. If someone said, hey, how was Extreme Rules? Hey, you know Kane? Undertaker's brother? Yeah, he, uh... Yeah, man, he, he really hurt his leg and had to put a walking boot. A walking boot. He came out and wrestled in a boot. Are we serious? People paid money to see a 50-year-old in a walking boot, spandex, and a mask with fucking hair attached to it. What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, I gotta, I, well, let's talk about Raw because, man, fucking Christ. I don't fucking like... Alright, I've cooled off, I'm relaxed, and I'm ready to talk about Raw, but God knows I'm going to get riled up again. Kurt opened the show and said he was going to strip Brock, 
because Brock didn't answer his ultimatum. And then Paul Heyman came out, and I miss seeing Paul Heyman. It definitely feels like a bigger deal when he and Brock, or even just Paul, are there. And did anybody believe the whole, like, my client, the Beast Incarnate, and then he's like, is not here? It's like, we know. We, we fucking know. Uh, Paul was like, all right, he will defend at SummerSlam. And he tried to... I, I appreciate the creativity of this, trying to say, like, Brock wants to be a double champion, and it's not much different than Kurt Angle when he was an Olympic gold medalist going for the WWE title. It's kind of a stretch, but I appreciate that kind of, like... They tried to tie it together and get Kurt to see what Brock's vision was, even if it was kind of lazy. I appreciated it a little bit. Um, also, so... Everyone comes out basically and says they want a shot at Brock. Sorry, I think I, uh, the one time, a.k.a. the local police department, just uh, made an appearance and I thought they were going to come see why a grown man sitting in his car in the parking lot of a uh, Irish-American club recording a wrestling podcast on a Friday. Uh, and really, I'd have no answer. So there you go, breaking the fourth wall. Basically, uh... Bobby Lashley came out, Drew came out, Seth came out, Elias came out, Finn came out, and Roman came out, and they're all trying to have a claim to the title shot versus Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, Bobby Lashley's like, yo, I beat Roman. Drew McIntyre was like, it's time for me to start phase two. I guess phase one was to give Dolph handjobs. I'm not really sure. Seth's just like, I'm the shit. Elias says he has an album coming out, and he has great fashion sense. Finn was like, do you guys remember me when I was considered really popular and also treated like a top star and one of the hottest things in wrestling? And then Roman's like, I just I just want to fight. So I guess it'll be for the title. Uh, fun fact, Kurt told Baron Corbin that he couldn't be in this picture because he lost the night before to Finn. And I'm like, huh. Uh, Drew just got disqualified from a... He just blatantly disregarded the rules of extreme rules. The extreme rules of the the Iron Man match. Rewarded. Elias, I don't think, was in the card. Rewarded. Roman lost. Rewarded. Corbin shaved his head and wears a stupid vest. Can we get this brother some love? Jesus. Uh, but this set up the first triple threat match that starts right now. It always sounds so forced when they do that shit. Uh, it was Reigns versus Big Drew McIntyre versus... Nah, fuck, I can't do two acts. Finn Balor. <laughs> Roman wins. Yay! It was a really fun match. Finn looked awesome. Drew was dominant as shit. And uh, I think it was on WrestleTalk they were saying how the announcers were like, oh, Roman just can't get out of the gates here. Like, he can't get his offense in. And at that point, too, I think it was uh, Luke Owen on, of WrestleTalk uh, it was like, oh, Roman's going to win. And I thought the exact same thing. Like, oh, Roman's going to win. He's going to get beat up, and then he's going to win at the end. Uh, so, yeah, Roman won. Then Dolph cut a promo that was kind of meh. And Bobby Roode came out and challenged him for a title shot. Dolph was like, sure, I'll wrestle you, but not for the... Holy shit, the coolest guy ever just drove by. Uh, picture Rick from Rick and Morty. If Rick went to one of those crazy planets... And got the pure in an alternate universe where aliens do cocaine, but it's it's alien cocaine. So he does a ton of he does an eight ball of alien cocaine. He drives a red Mustang. He's parked next to another Mustang. He has Rick's hair, but kind of like a skullet, so it's like spiky white, but bald on top. He has a button up buttoned all the way to the top. He has reading glasses on his head and aviator sunglasses on his face. Oh man, it, guys, the the extreme lengths that I go to to present this to you 
way more extreme than anything that we saw on Sunday. I'll just tell you that. Where was I? Oh, Bobby Roode. <laughs> Lost clean to Dolph, so there you go. He was too dumb to, to get a title shot, and then he was way too dumb to win, so that sucks. Uh, Mojo Raleigh killed Tyler Breeze. The end. Poor Tyler Breeze. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are going to get traded, I guess, per Kurt Angle to Bailey or Sasha, one of them, I guess, if uh, they can't get along, which Kurt... That makes no sense. You're a wrestling manager. We settle things in the ring. Why would you not want a healthy competition with backstory, with real rivalry and passion to make Raw the better show? Remember when Raw and SmackDown competed against each other? Now you're just going to give away one of, your, like, one of your female faces of the company because they can't get along? It's wrestling. You're supposed to get along and then punch each other in the face? You, you fucking buffoon. Uh... They lost in a tag match to Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. And uh, you guys remember Noam Dar? Alicia Fox. Uh, they lost to a tag match because, I don't know, they got DQ'd, I think. It was some bullshit. And then Sasha said she loved Bailey, and I thought they were going to slip in the old, uh, the old tongues key. It was like, uh, it was like Bailey was... was uh, fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. You know the Sandlot, the guy with the thick glasses? Smalls? Maybe Smalls? And then, uh, is it Susie Peppercorn or something Peppercorn, the lifeguard? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought we were going to get, but we didn't. Braun cut a backstage promo basically saying, like, dude, I'm not getting involved with any of this bullshit. They can all fight it out because I'm the monster among men. And he has the briefcase, and he's basically just declaring that he's going to have some stupid fucking match. Probably, like, the opening show of SummerSlam, so you forget about him, or he just... Because if they don't put him on the card, that's like, oh, shit, he's going to cash in. So they're going to put him in some stupid feud with, like, a mid-card... I'm trying to look at look at the roster and say, like, who's he going to face? Probably fucking, like, Elias again, and just fuck him up for a couple weeks, and then kill him at SummerSlam, and then cash in at the end of the night. Um, spoiler alert. Ronda comes through the crowd and interrupts Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, which was fun, and just beat the shit out of Mickey James. And so she breached her suspension... Beat the fuck out of people, came through the crowd, and then Kurt was like, we'll give you a title match. Poor Baron Corbin. Can't get any love, but people just break the rules and they get opportunities. Uh, the Authors of Pain killed Titus Worldwide. Uh, Sarah Logan beat, yeah, beat Ember Moon. I think Ember Moon should just make out with Bailey, Like, pull the, pull the swerve on, uh, on Sasha and then, you know, get involved in that feud because at least give her something to deal with. I'd rather have some weird lesbian love triangle thing than have this stupid fucking non-story fighting on again off again bullshit just let them fucking wrestle uh then we had lashley versus elias versus seth in the main event and lashley won so all for nothing and we're getting roman and and lashley again at the expense of everybody else here's my thing so I fucking promise you that this will get thrown out next week and it's going to be Roman versus Bobby versus Brock at SummerSlam, which I tweeted about, boom, at money underscore podcast. I'm like a fucking savant. I'm like fucking Rain Man. God damn it, I'm so fucking good. Uh, if you were going to do this, why didn't you just do that at Extreme Rules? You could have had an extreme double count out. Boom, triple threat match at SummerSlam. The fuck is wrong with you people? So you're just going to job out everybody else, make them look like shit? I don't know. We're probably going to get Seth versus Dolph. At, I mean, uh, Seth versus Drew at SummerSlam. I have a fucking big feeling about that, which I'm cool with, but what the fuck? I promise you this ends in a double countout, and that's a triple threat match. I promise you uh, at SummerSlam. So 
I don't know how you guys feel about that. I thought it was a fun episode. Like, you got two triple threat matches that were with your top guys, which was an entertaining show. Some filler, but you're going to get filler in a three-hour show. Uh, the Ronda thing I thought was cool. Her kicking the shit out of Mickey James was fun. And, uh, yeah, I think for sure the main event of SummerSlam, I think Roman pins Bobby Lashley, and then Braun cashes in. So maybe Brock beats the fuck out of Roman because he's mad because he lost the title without getting pinned, leaves him laying, and then they wait to the very last second, and then you have Braun's music hit, send the crowd home happy. Brooklyn will go fucking bananas. I think he won the, the briefcase just because of his entrance with the screen because of the, uh, the growl that he does or whatever because people love that and they react to it, and that'll be a big moment, even if it's predictable. Sometimes predictable is right. And, uh, yeah, what did you guys think? What did you think? So let's... Uh, Let's move on. We did extreme, so we did our P, and then we did our, our M, our EM, our, our, yeah, of the PEMDAS equation. The raw was EM, so now we have to do our DAS. So let's move on to SmackDown. We wanted to be in. Okay, Jeff Hardy opened the show with what was the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest promo. He was like, I'm going to get my title back, and then he teased like a broken, woken thing. And then he was just like, all right, fuckers, enjoy the show. Woo! Yeehaw! And just ran off. And the fucking... <laughs> it was so weird. And Jeff Hardy is, I mean, come on, guys. He is the charismatic enigma. But this was just fucking weird. Like, not interesting weird, just weird weird. Uh, they cut to Shinsuke in the back, who basically just cut this short little promo about being U.S. champ. I don't even remember what the fuck he said. I just remember at the end he was, like, in the creepiest, like, cynical... B-level action movie villain was like, God bless America. He's not Russian. He is Japanese, but you get the point. And it was fucking hilarious. Uh, AJ Styles beat Andrade Cien Almas. And many are calling this like Andrade's coming out party. Or is that what you say? No, like, not that he's gay, but just that he's like, I'm here, b- bitches. But uh, it's weird because like you're not giving him any character development. Do you acknowledge that the main roster is different from NXT and like only hardcore fans, quote unquote, watch NXT? So we don't really know about him unless you watch NXT. You've given him no character development, no story, and then he's just like facing AJ Styles and loses. Like, I get it. He's like toe for toe, and it was kind of booked where like it looked like, oh, you know, he almost had him, but then AJ like outwitted him and got him in the calf crusher. So it was like a really good match and I think the crowd was hot for the spots in the match because Andrade is a really good worker so I hope that this goes somewhere like I hope he has a match at SummerSlam it would be disappointing if he didn't I think he'd be a great mid mid uh mid card title holder I'd even I wish he was on Raw for the IC title I think that would be fun but uh future world champ I hope if uh, handled correctly uh Aiden English is backstage wanting to apologize to Rusev and he apologizes to Lana in case and basically just says like he wants another chance and they're just they're just teasing tension and kind of the uh dismantling of the Rusev Day faction which is dumb turn them babyface and let the three of them just be awesome she's like fucking idiots makes no sense uh Becky Lynch beat Mandy Rose and then cut a promo after basically saying like I'm Becky Balboa and I'm on a win streak and I want Carmella at SummerSlam and then they did the most WWE thing ever. And they're like, all right, Paige was like, next week it's going to be Carmella versus Becky Lynch. And if Becky wins, she gets a title shot at, at SummerSlam. So she's going to beat the champion to get a title shot? Like, I hate when they do this, which makes me think that Carmella just wins. Maybe Charlotte, something happens. And uh, they love doing, like, multi-women title matches to try to get as many women on the card. So I'm interested to see, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of giving away 
a non-title match before a title match. I don't know. Uh, R-Truth's back, apparently, and he did some, like, jokey joke, ha-ha thing with, with Ty Dillinger, so I'm sure all the 12-year-olds thought it was hilarious. Um, he lost, Ty Dillinger then lost to Samoa Joe in a pretty quick, quick, uneventful match. Uh, they had the uh, funerals. I sound like I'm not really liking this episode, but it actually was a fun episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Raw, too, even if it didn't sound like it. I think this was a, a good week of WWE programming following a terrible pay-per-view. And hopefully, this, it seems like they're going to start heating it up for SummerSlam. <laughs> the biggest party of the summer. <laughs> I mean, they have a month, so I'm sure it'll fizzle out, but uh, we'll see. Miz did the funeral thing for Team Hell No. This was flat for me. I thought he fumbled over his lines a few times. I thought it was kind of, meh, not that funny, not that great of a comedic timing. The timing of the of the comedy wasn't that good for me personally. Maybe I'm, I'm being too hard on the segment, but I have high expectations for The Miz because he's usually like the standout performance of the night, at least on the mic. Uh, he basically said Daniel Bryan's return hasn't been that successful, and he's not lying. It's been underwhelming. Maybe that it, it was too real to be funny. But Daniel Bryan comes out, attacks Miz, attacks one of, like, the, I guess you call him, like, a coffin bearer or ball bearer. I don't know, dude. The fucking, whatever the weird people that were with him carrying the coffins. Uh, and that was it. Uh, Eric Young beat Kofi Kingston in kind of a nothing match. Kofi beat his, beat his ass the whole time, and then I guess they're trying to show, like, sanity's power and, like, being unified. Because Eric Young would have lost the match, probably, so I'm not sure who who's this supposed to benefit. Kofi, like, they're already established in the new day, and then... You want Sanity to be strong, but they lose a lot, which is weird. And then you're just, it was like a fluke win, like a distraction win. So I don't really know. Um, they announced that Paige was going to announce an announcement about an, about an announcement. That'll that'll get your viewers in. Who AJ's opponent's going to be at SummerSlam? It's going to be Samoa Joe. I bet. I bet your ass it'll be Samoa Joe. I will bet your ass that it's Samoa Joe. Just watch. But uh, then led to my favorite segment. I think everyone's favorite segment of the night. The main event, Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke for uh, the U.S. title rematch. And uh, Jeff just sacrificing his body parts. You know, his ball sack was the best part of Extreme Rules and his fucking earlobes were the best part of SmackDown. Weird, right? But this is uh, Randy Orton full-on heel turn confirmed because he's not doing the RKO. He's being sinister. He's beating people up. But anyway, Jeff versus Shinsuke. Jeff had the match one. He hit the roughest swanton bomb ever. Just lands right on, on the guy's pelvis, on Shinsuke's pelvis. Randy comes out of nowhere, pulls him out of the ring. Match gets thrown out. Beats the fuck out of Jeff Hardy. Does the DDT thingy off the announce table. Rips his fucking fingers through Jeff's earlobes, which was awesome. Everybody's been talking about it. Such a good visual. Shinsuke's looking scared and confused, and Randy's like, where's Shinsuke? And really, really good. He was slamming Jeff's head off the steel. Like, he was... Jeff was, like, sitting up against the stairs on the ground, and he kind of, like, was bashing his head off of it. It looked fucking really mean and awesome. And Randy Orton is way better when he's a heel. He's way better when he's interested in his character, when he can be mean and creepy, because it's like the Roman Reigns thing. It's like, they're not likable. He's jacked. He's huge. He's good-looking. He's got tattoos. He looks like the guy that steals your girl. Like, no one wants to cheer for him. He's a douche. And I mean that in a nice way. So make him a sinister, creepy bad guy that fucks everyone up. Perfect. Boom. All of a sudden, that's the funnest thing in WWE right now. Like, that's a great scene. And SmackDown's roster is fucking so deep and should be so good. And it is good. It should continue to be good. Woo! That's all I got, fuckers. That was Extreme Rules. That was Raw, that was SmackDown. We have our PEMDAS order of operations in the fucking books. I'm like a goddamn math teacher. Goddamn math teacher. That's all I got. Follow me on Twitter at money underscore podcast. 
Email the show, put the money in the bag podcast at gmail.com. SoundCloud, Castbox, iTunes, tell a friend, be a bagger. Peace out, bitches. Yeah, man, like they're all just. SmackDown's got such a fucking awesome roster and such interesting matchups. And for a long time, like all the way until they do another shakeup, like they have so many fresh matchups to do. So that's really, really exciting. Um, at the end, AJ came out to kind of like acknowledge this was going to be his opponent. They shook hands, and Aiden English did like the shake your hand, I'm too cool thing, wipe his hair. And <laughs> uh, AJ Styles just punched him in the face. And I thought that was kind of peculiar. I don't know if they're teasing Aiden kind of pulling away from Rusev, which I don't necessarily think will be the right call. I think that they're a package deal and they're funny. Rusev, for sure, is talented enough on his own, but I'm afraid Aiden English is going to fall to the wayside if he gets pulled away from Rusev. I like the idea of, of Aiden, Lana, and Rusev. Like, Rusev having, like, a really strong support team I think is cool. Like, you could play into he wasn't able to get over the hump beforehand out of the mid-card, but now that he found this great team around him, he's the total package. He's a big deal. I think that would be cool if they played that up. But... This was a really good show, and the gauntlet match was fucking awesome. Like that, if you like wrestling, if you like any ass, like who wouldn't have liked this? There was good storytelling, it was good pacing, it was fresh matchups. We got to see Daniel Bryan versus Big E, like that was cool. You know what I mean? It was really, really fun, really well booked, made everyone, it, ha- it served a purpose. A lot of times there seems to be, Raw falls victim of this, where within three hours there's gonna be filler matches, I understand that, but at least. You can a lot of times see what they were going for, like the perp. Okay, this was to make this to get this person over, get this person over to convey this story. This everyone can go somewhere from here. Samoa Joe can continue to be angry. You know, Big E can use this to learn from it, and and Miz is going to be fine because he's a weasel. He'll get he'll get back into things. Like this was just good. This was a good way to make everyone look strong. Daniel Bryan looks like a warrior, the underdog, and. This was great. I thought SmackDown was good. I thought Raw was good. I thought the Money in the Bank pay-per-view was good. NXT TakeOver was really good. This was just a fun week of wrestling, and anything beyond that is nitpicking. Um, Definitely way more positive than negative, and I'm way more excited and optimistic about wrestling, WWE anyway, uh, moving forward into the summer. So with that, I got to go. I've been Derek. You've been the Baggers. This is the Money in the Bag podcast. I hope you guys have a great week, and I will catch you all next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. I appreciate you. Email me, tweet, tweet me, skeet, skeet me. I'm out.